Hello and welcome back to another service here at the Altar of Noise. My name is Josh and I'm joined, as always, by my fellow music believer, Mr. Simon. Simon, mate, how are you? Very good, thank you. Very good. <laughs> uh, yeah, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Exhausted. Exhausted, yeah. Exhausted. Been a long few weeks. It has been. It has been. Um, chaotic. Played lawn bowls yesterday, though. How'd you go? Yeah, had a win. Had a win, win. Um, but it was the first time in forever that I really, 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 really wanted to punch my opponent in the face. <laughs> it doesn't help that she was like a six-year-old woman, but this woman was just obnoxious and just annoying and I get it that I sometimes, like I fill in for the club and I play in the lower division, so you're going to come across some eccentric characters down there. Yeah. But this, this old biddy. <laughs> Just a pain in my ass. She was. What, what was her name? Was it Lorraine? No, it was Elizabeth. Ah, oh. and she was just—I think she was German, but you know, she was. I knew that I was going to be in for an interesting day. For after the first two ends, you, you have like a two-end roll-up, so you go up and back. Everyone gets to put their bowls down, have some practice, and, and then you start the game. After the first, you know, the roll-up. I look over and, you know, our team got to roll first. So I was like, yep, all right, let's go, guys, you know, pumping my team up because I'm a positive guy. And I turn around and I see her putting her shoes up on the bank and we're playing, proceeding to play in socks the entire day. (laughs) I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) I'm like, all right, cool. She's getting comfortable, mate. I get it. And, but I'm just like, what are you doing? And she, the way she spoke to her own players was just outrageous. She I mean, do you think so it was maybe that just that that German bluntness, or do you think she was just being rude? I think she was just a fucking moron. <laughs> and like, I still do the nice thing. Like, I start off and I'm trying to be polite to her, and then then she just turns into. And then by the end, of like by the fifth end, I was just like, no, nah, I'm I'm done. I'm not even going to bother talking to her for the rest of the game. I might try occasionally just to be nice. Yeah. I was just like, and then by the end of the game, you know, I do the courtesies thing. I shake her hand. I'm like, oh, you know, thanks for the game. I wasn't gonna say play well played because she plays like she played like fucking rat shit. But <laughs> shook her hand and uh, I'm like, oh, the customary thing is you buy your opponent a drink, especially if you're the home team. You buy your opponent a drink. Yeah. I'm like, oh, would you like a drink? She's just like, oh, no, no, not today. And I'm like, oh, thank God. I just walk off. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I'm like, I'm out of here. Be gone. So, um, yeah. It's, I, I love lawn bowls. I just don't like some of the people that play it. Just getting into fights with the uh, 60-year-olds. Look, sometimes they deserve it. I mean, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I was just happy that we've been. They played for They played for a club that, you know, when you play in soccer and there's certain clubs that you want to beat. Yeah. Like if, if you lose to another team, you're like, oh, okay, that sucks. Yeah. But there's certain clubs that you're like, I have to beat this team. Yep. I love like beating Kensington Maryville. They're just a bunch of wankers. Yep. There's every all, single one of every them. Every sport has those teams. Oh, just, you just constantly want to push them over. Yep. No. Who are you? Yeah. Who are you? 
Totally feel you on that one. All right, I've vented now. I feel better. <laughs> I feel like a weight has been lifted off my shoulder. That's good. Good to get that off. Good to get that off as we get into a big episode today. Today we start our countdown for the top 10 albums of the year. And I guess we should talk about the year that was a little bit. Yeah. What do you What do you make of the year that was? Do you think it was a good year for music? I do. I do. Um for me, it was a good year for new music and new artists. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of my my long list, we'll call it, was predominantly new bands or artists that I discovered this year. Um, obviously, there was a couple of oldies in there, but for the type of music I listened to, there wasn't too many releases from bands that I, I follow mm-hmm. closely. Um, so, yeah, it was a good year for me kind of branching out and, Finding new stuff to to put in my ears. Some <laughs> <laughs> way to do that's it. one way to put it. Yep. Um, so yeah, it was it was um, it was good, and it made my list end of year list hard to make. I think because I didn't really have like the the background of these artists to kind of uh, yeah, like none of them were nostalgic for me because. I'd only just discovered them. So yeah. it was purely a, a either a visceral response I might have had to it when I first heard the album or a long-lasting, you know, effect that it's had on me. So it's been, compared to last year, it, it's been a, a different year for me, but it's been equally as um, rewarding. Did you find yourself, based on like the, the podcast, did you find yourself searching for new music more or...? Was that always kind of part of your thing? Uh, it was always part of my thing. I think I've said it before a couple of times on the podcast of um, an article written by someone a couple of years back saying that you stop discovering music when you're 30, mm-hmm. 30 31, 32, yeah. something like that. And when that came out, I reckon I was about 30, 31. And I was like, fuck that. I'm not going to be <laughs> that guy. Because you quickly do realise that you do fall in. And even now even though mm-hmm. I'm actively searching for new music, you still fall back into the Absolutely. same handful of artists, which is fine. I don't think that's the problem. I think the problem is sitting with just those ones and never, never adding new artists to those playlists, which yeah. has always been my aim. So, um, no, I've always done it. What the podcast has done, though, has made me um, – I have a playlist where it's the year, so this year is 2021, and any time I hear find a new album that's come out this year, it goes straight into that playlist. I have a quick listen, and if it's something that it sounds like I might like, it Mm. goes in there. And then when I'm just driving around and I do get bored of listening to those same few (laughs) fans, I throw that on and there's always – you might go, oh, okay, this one didn't hit me, this one didn't hit me, but then there'll be always one where you're just like, what the fuck is this? And then that's when, you know, the rabbit hole <laughs> opens up and you dive in. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. How about yourself? I, I, I am actually really interested because you're not, you haven't had as much history with music as what I do. But so like, yeah, I wonder if that like pushes back it, your it, your. 31 to <laughs> 39. Or. I mean, like I very much do get stuck listening to the same stuff over and over again, but I do 
periodically I go and check certain websites. I'm just like, oh, what's a new album that's out? Yeah. Because unless I go on one of those Spotify lists of like release radar or something like that, I kind of don't think to check yeah. the music because I kind of get caught up in my own little bubble and I listen to a lot of sports podcasts yeah. that just help in my morning commute, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so this year was it was good though because periodically I'd come across something, whether it be listening to a particular playlist, um, like De- Dead Mouse has a playlist that he updates all the time. So there's new artists coming through there. Yeah. And every now and again you, you find an artist from there that you're just like, oh, that's really cool. I want to kind of delve into that a bit more. Um, some of it comes from streaming and video games where people use music uh, for their background. You're like, okay, well, what is that? And sometimes they'll have it across the bottom. You're like, oh, cool, all right, well, yeah. what's this I'll guy all about? Yeah. All that sort of stuff. So I enjoyed – it was actually kind of good this year and like one of my artists – I gave him a second chance and I was blown away. And so I think this year has been kind of good in that regard as like, you know, really trying to find. I've also kind of discovered that like I tend to have, I, th- I think I've started to discover that I have a uh, a theme, a go-to. Okay. Like in what I listen to. Yeah. Like I like particular types of things and I lean into those a little bit. Yeah. I think kind um, of fun. I think kind of discovering new music helps you really narrow down what it is you like, yeah, and what it is you don't like. Um, in a way, the, this podcast has helped me with that as well because having to explain why you like something or why you don't, um, even though there's no right or wrong answer, clearly, but just having to break it down to yourself so then you can break it down to others has helped me. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. Like you, you, when they're like, oh, well, what type of music do you cover? Well, actually we cover a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's a lot that you've mentioned that I've had to go out and listen to because otherwise I wouldn't know what the fuck you're talking about half the time. <laughs> um, but I think that's kind of a good thing. Uh, I, it's always thankful that we do this, that, you know, we discover so many new and different things. Mm. Um. Big stories this year. Wasn't there's a bunch of different little things that happened. I think one of the big things is everyone kind of semi returned to normal and festivals started started happening again. Yeah. The good and bad, you know, but live music started to reappear and that made everyone happy. Yeah. I think that's that's something that we should be, you know, giving thanks for. Yeah. I mean, I'll just in the last probably month here in Australia there's been a heap of festivals for twenty two announced. Yeah. Um you're starting to see a lot of at least national-sized bands announcing tours for, you know, the up, the, the coming year. Um, it's been Other good. I don't want to come to Adelaide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. For one reason or another, which we won't get into. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it, it's been weird. Uh, friends of mine, and I know you're fans of them, Flynn Effect, just had a show in Melbourne on the yeah, weekend. That's awesome. Um, but it was very poorly – Sold. I don't know how it ended up in the end, mm. but um, they were saying that pubs and nightclubs are completely full, but from what they can see, live music isn't drawing back like it was. Um, so have, <laughs> they, have they got the mandate that you can't dance? No, they're completely open. So nightclubs are packed. Mm. 
pubs and that are packed. Live music, at least on like that level, yeah, um, isn't drawing back like it was because they mm. will they sold out when we supported them in Melbourne. They sold out uh, the Workers Club, which is four hundred plus capacity. That's I think pretty cool. Um, and they played there again, and mm. yeah, I don't know what the ticket sales were, and I don't know how it ended up. It may have ended up All selling right. really well, but she was worried and was asking people why, like what's happening. Um, so I do think there is hesitation. I know for my band personally, we we can understand the hesitation. So mm-hmm. we're not, we haven't even started. We've only just started talking about rehearsing again. Yeah. Um, there may be a bit of time before it gets back to normal for the punters, like the attendance, because I think, I don't know. I think it's there's hesitation because of cancellations as yeah. well. Yeah, I but, mean it's, it's it's why people are hesitant to book like twenty first weddings, engagement yeah. parties, all these sorts of things because they just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um. But yes, there there has been some at least in the last month or so. I've been a heap of announcements for next year. Yeah. Which is good. Um. Other big news that was obviously in Manson. Yeah, which is kind of, I kind of like the Manson news in the sense that people who do fucked up shit are getting called out for it finally. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, and then obviously you have to underline everything with allegedly. Yep. However, no one, like it's causing people to actually realise that they need to stop being shitty people yeah. because they can't get away with it. Yep. And I think that's probably out of everything that comes out of, that came out of, you know, the Me Too move, Me Too movement, the speaking out, what happened with Manson. I find it, you know, wonderful that these people will finally have the courage to stand up and say, "Hey, this person's a dick." Yeah, he needs to be held accountable. Yeah, yep, totally agree. Which is, you know, I mean, it's a horrible story, but I'm just kind of, and I'm kind of glad that he's coming to justice. Hopefully, yeah. But yep. yeah, and then there's obviously yeah, there's just been there's obviously we mentioned a whole bunch of news recently. You know, I I still find the t- the T Swift thing interesting, but yeah, I just yeah. I just from a it's not from a musical standpoint. It's kind of like a, from a storyline standpoint. Yeah, I just find that stuff interesting to read about that sort of thing. Mm. There's also all the the anniversaries for some massive albums. Yeah, yeah. Who would have thought that 2021 would have been yeah the year of anniversaries? Yeah, you know, you've got your big. Big ones, really big ones like Nirvana's Nevermind, um, Metallica's Enter Sandman, uh, Enter Sandman, Black Album, Hunky Dory, Hunky Dory, yeah, that was there. Yeah. Uh, Black Sabbath, uh, which one was that? Master of Reality, maybe, mm, yeah, uh, uh, uh Linkin Park, Linkin Park, yeah, that was a massive one. Iowa, yeah, so been a pretty big year for anniversaries, yeah, it's been a good year. Been a good year. Has been. However, I'm sure there's been some disappointments musically. Yeah. I mean, I'm not talking personally. <laughs> um, musically, uh, I think there's one that we both agreed upon uh, when we talked about it previously outside of the podcast, but in d- disappointments about things that kind of came out this year was uh, the new Sleep Token album. Yeah. yeah. I was looking forward to it. 
I was hopeful and I just don't feel like they took the next step. No, I totally agree. Um, and this is a hot take from both of us because they are going bonkers on the internet. Yeah. Everyone's loving them. Um, I, for me, I think it comes down to the fact that I knew who they were three years ago now probably. Mm-hmm. Um, fell in love with them, was so looking forward to sundowning. I felt let down by sundowning because I think they're very formalic. Like you can tell what they're going to do before they do it. Yeah. Um, not taking anything away from the musicianship. Like he has an amazing voice. The drummer's incredible. But I think if you don't have that emotional connection to Vessel's voice, you're not left with a whole lot. Yeah. I think that's what captures you. If you listen to them at the right time and that emotionally makes that connection, I can see why they would be your favourite band. But if you're not, if you don't hit that connection straight away, you're like, well. I um, They're meant to be touring next year, aren't they? Yes, they're coming. Yeah. They're actually coming to Adelaide. They're coming to Adelaide. Oh, glad they could make it and not Carnival and Cog. But anyway, um, <laughs> I would still like to go see them live. Just because I want to see what it's like live. Because yeah. there's been a lot of footage and it looks shit. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> here's the thing. So, <laughs> so one of the places I get my new music from is a, another podcast called Riot Act and that's mm-hmm. how I discovered um, Sleep Token. Mm-hmm. Now, one of them has seen him multiple times and he has gone from they're brilliant to they're not very good to they're brilliant to they're not very good. They're very inconsistent. And he puts a lot of it down to the fact that they have a lot of backing tracks. Yeah. Um, which I'm not against. I mean, this is just going off what they're saying. Obviously, they've never even been to Australia, so I can't comment <laughs> apart from people's shitty iPhone fucking footage. It's not good. <laughs> um, they There's nothing wrong with having backing tracks at all. But... There is a line. Like if you're a solo artist and you don't have a band, that is clear. Fair enough. Get it. They apparently had quite a lot on the backing tracks, um, which I can see can be divisive. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you're, you're paying for them not for a CD player. Yeah. I know that's a very, very simple <laughs> statement. Yeah. But it is one that people will feel like. Mm. That said, yeah, I, I'd be keen to go. Yeah. Um, I, you know. I think, it's, is it Thebby? No, it's Bridgeway. Oh, that's right, it's Bridgeway. Yeah, with uh, North Lane uh, headlining. I mean, that should be good. North Lane, Sleep Token, Bellini and Alt, who are from Adelaide. Okay. Shout out to Alt. I think that's – I don't know, like they're, they're doing the national tour as well and yeah. I'm just doing Adelaide, so. Well, that should be good. Go local, boys. Did you have any other disappointments? No, I mean there were a couple, but Sleep Token was the big one for me because they were the ones I – Yeah. I mean I was already half off the bandwagon and I was like, here's your chance. And now I'm like, sorry, boys. Sorry, boys, I'll stick to the – the singles before sundowning and a couple of songs off that. Yeah, fair call. Cool. Um, cool. So, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, 
pretty much the same for me. I, that was the biggest disappointment just because having discovered them, I was, I was like, oh, man, I reckon they're going to do something awesome. Yeah. Obviously, I didn't have all the baggage and stuff that you had with them. So I was just like, oh, I can't wait to see where they go next. And the next album, so I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, it's good. But I mean, because yeah, I just wanted a bit more. Did you, did you go on to them because of the album swap? Okay. Yeah. 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 So. But yeah. I was just like, oh, I just wanted, I, I wanted them to go to another level. Yeah. It's just be maybe a little bit more creative, sundown. do some weird shit. To me, it's sundowning number two. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Shall we get into our top tens? Sure, let's do it. Top Alrighty. ten. Alrighty. So, how do you reckon your list compares to this year's list? Uh, sorry, your last year compared to this year. This year isn't as noisy. So, <laughs> for those who may remember, my list last year featured a lot of noise bands, a lot of dissonance. Um, this one. Is a bit more all over the park. There's some rap, there's some soul, there's some freaking post hardcore. There's, there's a bit of everything in this one. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit more spread. And like I said, there's a lot of new artists. I yeah. think it's, I think I worked out four of them I knew beforehand, but only two of them I actually used to listen to before. I was similar in that vein. I had uh, out of my list three that I would listen to on the regular uh, and one that I knew of and had listened to a few of their stuff. Yeah. So, so roughly the same. Six new artists essentially. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think mine's a little bit – see, like I think mine at a certain point has, has, has mellowed out a bit. But it's kind of it's kind of weird, but it's a creative mellow. Like I I feel I feel myself at peace when I listen to it. However, the style of music wouldn't generally con- you'd consider it leading into that. So okay, yeah. So it's more of the the feeling it yeah. gives off rather yeah, than- which is definitely what I got from my list this year. But um, yes. So who wants to start? I'm not fussed. Um, we should say that this one, we're only going from 10 down to 6. This is going to be split into two episodes because it, it might yes, absolutely. It, it might make it too long if we've done the full lot. Oh, yeah. yeah there would be like a three-hour podcast if we did yeah. 10 to 1. Um, however, yes, yeah, so we are doing 10 to 6 today. 10 to 6? 10 to 6. Ten I feel like I've got a word. 10 to 6. <laughs> right. Well, I'll start us off. Okay, go, Josh. I'm starting off with some new metal. <laughs> I can pick this one. Uh, Tetrak, Unstable. Oh, I can't pick this one. No. There we go. Curveball. Um, so Tetrak are an Atlanta-based new metal uh, band. Um, kind of came across them through uh, Metal Hammer on Facebook. Are promoting them for a while, or back in around April. Um, this is their second album. Um, it's a very, very. It's going to sound weird, but it's a very, very nostalgic album for a band's second album. Um, they have a lot of elements in their music that remind you of the new metal of the two thousands. Now, the band members are pr- predominantly all in their thirties, early thirties, maybe late twenties. Yeah. Um, 
so you could kind of see them see that they have kind of grown up with it. They formed back in two thousand seven, so still kind of yeah, at the like tail right end of the arse end. tail end of new metal. Um, but I just kind of whilst it it, it borders that. It runs a fine line between paying kind of homage to new metal of past to um, to being their own unique sound, um, but they're kind of it's a really fun band. I I just kind of enjoy what they do. Yeah. Um, made up of four members, uh, two of uh, two of which have been with them from the start: Diamond Row and uh, Josh Four. Um, Josh Ford during the during a certain point of it actually played. He's the lead guitarist and vocals. Oh, sorry, rhythm guitarist and vocalist, and at one point played drums for them because they didn't have a drummer. I've been through like thirty-seven drummers. Um, but they just they do their sound well. Um, his voice kind of it reminds me of someone, but I can't put my finger on who it is. But he sounds like a new metal singer. It's kind of got that rasp to it, kind of like an almost a Static X. Sound in his vo- vocals. Okay, but it's funny when he does his kind of his raspy sound. I don't think he's as good as when he does his kind of slightly cleaner sound. Yeah, um, he has that distortion on his voice, which you know every new metal does. Um, but you got certain tracks on there that do that again. Have you can see the elements of previous um, new metal artists like uh, you never listen and stitch me up. Uh, have very corn style guitar work in it, kind of like a creepy edge to it. Uh, you've got the opening track, I'm Not Right, which starts off kind of slow, then kind of just bursts into like huge noise and then kind of has like a Linkin Park style chorus where it's kind of anthemic sounding. So it's kind of cool, kind of cool and a bit different. Um, and then they've got other tracks that are completely different to what they do. Um, uh, negative noise is very thrash metally, whereas addicted is kind of has a medical, a, a medical, a metal core sound to it. So they kind of jump all over the place in what they do. But yeah, like I said, it kind of gives you that warm feeling because it makes you think of the early two thousands listening to new metal and discovering it for the first time. Yeah, and this is a band on their second album in twenty twenty one playing new metal. You're like. I'm not too sure where I am, but okay. I'm okay with that. Yeah, new metal's making a comeback. There's a lot of, in Australia alone, there's a few bands mm-hmm. kind of really playing that uh, kind of, yeah, leaning into and playing new metal stylings. Yeah. Yeah. There was one of the articles I read, they were talking about them. They called them new, the new wave, new spelt N-U, new wave of new metal. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I can kind of see that. But I kind of also want them to kind of focus a bit more like on the song Addicted where it's a bit more metalcore-ish because I think they, yeah, it, it does veer a little close to being a homage to new metal yeah. and I want to kind of hear them being themselves. But they're all very, very good. They're all super talented. Um, and it just, it, it, you can't help but put it on it and just rock your head. Awesome! I haven't heard of them or that album. Yeah, it was it was good album. Like I was really kind of glad that it kind of jolted me up a bit with metal. 
Yeah. The, I go through periods where I'm just like, eh, no, really. Eh, metal yeah. is, is what it is. Yeah. I get very selective in it. But this one, I was just like, you know what? It's good. Yeah. I really enjoy it. And how did you discover? Through Metal Hammer on Facebook. Oh, so they put up a review or something. And yeah, they were, for, they were talking about it. Well. There was a period there where you, metal, metal Hammer does have the habit of uh, spamming you with the exact same article 17 different times in a day or with yeah. different headlines. You're just like, okay, we get it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, well, I might as well look at this band you keep telling me to. Ah, oh, awesome. But yeah, so. I might have to check it out. Yeah. Tetrak, unstable. Lovely. Uh, so my number 10 is Sons of Alpha Centauri and their album Push. Uh, so this is the first of many artists I had not heard that had uh, made my list. Uh, Sons of Alpha Centauri are an instrumental post-rock band from Swale, Swale I believe, Kent in England. Uh, this album, however, is not instrumental. It's their first with a guest vocalist, Jonah Matranga, who some people may know from the emo post hardcore legends far. Um, I know who Jonah is. Once again, I'd never heard of Sons of Alpha. Um, so kind of hard for me to compare it to their other work. As A, I, didn't, I don't know Sons at all. But um, B, because there's a vocalist for this whole album. I'd assume for a long time as fans it would have been a huge shock and possibly take a little bit of getting used to. But mm-hmm. um, but um, coming in cold, I'd say his vocals fit really well. Uh, Jonah's voice is what you would expect possibly from someone from that emo post-hardcore scene. It's at times wavering, like he's kind of just dancing around the note, kind of Chino-esque. Um, however, when it's strained, it's it adds a lot of emotion to, to what he's singing. I wouldn't class this album as strictly post-metal either. Um, I do hear a lot of deft tones in it. Uh-huh. Um, this could be attributed to Jonah's voice. Um being, you know, like I said, in the same ballpark as Chino's. But, um, yeah, even musically there's some riffs in there and some uh, kind of, some kind of, uh, how would you say it? Just that Deftones vibe, that groove and that that's kind of in this as well. Um, the political opener, Get the Gun, grabs me straight away. Um, I instantly love the mix of the band and Jonah's voice. Um, obviously didn't know that they were an instrumental band until after I dug in a little bit deeper. Um, so that was a massive surprise just because it fits so well with the music. Um, the album's progressive and experimental, but it's palatable. They don't go too crazy like it's not dream theatre or anything like <laughs> that. It's like I said, it's more like Deftones. Yeah, Deftones yeah. do have these weird... Uh, progressive elements and but they they still make it very palatable uh the song enemy is heavy as fuck <laughs> it's got a pummeling riff they do have a play with dynamics to give uh jonah room to flex his skills um the song listen has that's like that was when the light bulb went in, in my head and was like ah deftones that's what this band sounds like um all in all, the album did just scrape into my top ten, but mm. every time I took it out, I couldn't really – I felt wrong. <laughs> so that's why it's at number ten. Um, 
Yeah, the, it's just it just surprised me really. I think I discovered them off of a Discord channel I'm part of, which has a bunch of people. I'm so surprised you have Discord. Yeah, I'm part of like five or six different Discord channels. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, they they there was like a section where they were it's like music suggestions, and then there's like a bunch of different genres, and um, yeah, just once again searching for new music. I was just flicking through there and. Someone yeah. said that mention this band and mention Jonah Matranga as doing the vocals. I know Jonah from far, far a band that um, influenced a lot of a lot of bands. Once again, they're kind of one of those bands where like your favorite bands, favorite band kind of thing. <laughs> so I've checked them out before, and they're, they're pretty cool. Um, I dare say, if I found them in the early noughties, I would have fucking loved them. But uh, they do a cover of um, Genuine Pony. Oh, really? Well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's a fantastic album. If you're looking for just something which is uh, progressive, we'll call it progressive post-metal. Um, yeah, this is cool. This is fucking cool. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was just a massive surprise. So that's it, why it's on this list. Does it have the um, – because I find that uh, a lot of yeah, – you, you mentioned Deftones – Predominantly due to his voice. Yeah. Does it kind of have that, you know how Deftones kind of have like an ethereal sound to them? Does it kind of have that? No, no. So it doesn't have that element. Mm. It's more, um, it's more the, like the heavier side of Deftones. Oh, yeah. Um, they don't have that soundscapey um, mm-hmm. shoegaze kind of sound. Yeah. Um, they do go quieter, but it's like in a different direction. Um, his voice, like I said, he's part of that. He was like one of the, I don't want to say Godfathers, but he was like in one of those original emo post-hardcore bands. So he does have a higher voice. Yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't It doesn't sound like Chino's. Every now and then it does sound like Chino, but it's more the way he sings and the choices he makes. Yeah. Um, the screams are completely different, like Chino's and Nutter when he fucking screams. <laughs> this is more of a quote-unquote regular kind of, yeah. Screamo. But um yeah, just there's something about it. It's got the same vibe as Deftones. Um so if that's something you're into, I'd I'd highly suggest checking this album out. Sons of Alpha Centauri Push. Sounds good. Sounds good. I am sticking in the metal realm. Ooh. With architects. Aha. There we go. Uh for those that wish to exist. It is the ninth album. By this band, and it's actually the first uh, first album since the passing of their lead guitarist friend brother. So there's a certain element to this song where it's a lot, um, uh, it's emotionally heavy, um, uh, and a lot of the songs aren't necessarily particularly cheery. But then again, this hasn't been a particularly cheery year at times. Um, neither was 2020 when they were recording it. <laughs> um, you know the op- the opening tracks, uh, the uh, some of the lines from like one of the songs, "Black Lung," which was an early single. Um, There's no doubt that the world is coming to an end. You're gonna taste the ash. You're gonna taste the dust because the world is dying in our arms. There is actually an underlying theme in a lot of the songs that actually centralizes around climate change, uh, which is different. Different. I kind of like that. I like <laughs> it. 
I kind of like the fact that a metal band's taken on climate change as well as, you know, dealing with the death of a friend. It's, uh, it's going to say, this isn't meant as, as an insult, but it sounds like Architects. It has a great sound to it. They do everything really well. I love his singing. Sam Carter is the lead singer and his voice is just phenomenal. Um, the way he has emotion in his voice, whether it's through the singing or through the screams, he just hits it at every point. Um, different tracks on here have different meanings to it. Uh, so Dead Butterflies, a, another cheery track, uses lots of cinematic soundscapes. Um, Animals has like an industrial metal groove to it that could have almost sounded like it was taken directly from Ramstein. Yeah. Um, they also bring in a couple of different uh, guitarists to help. Well, not really to help, but like as like guest artists on the track. So Impermanence features Parkway Drivers Winston Mickle, Um and it sounds Parkway Drive-ish. It's, it's dirty. It's heavy. It's kind of got that grungy sound to it um, with, you know, big breakdowns, et cetera. Um, and they also have uh, probably the best song on the album, uh, Goliath. Um, it's really, really beautifully crafted and features Simon's favourite, uh, Biffy Clyro's Simon Nell. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and uh, it's the way as somebody would describe it, full chaotic mode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Simon Nell in full chaotic mode is sick. <laughs> um, it's an awesome album. It's heavy. Uh, it, well, Emotionally, it's heavy, but it's really, really well crafted. They have, they've done it again. You know, they for an, a ninth album to consistently kind of be putting out good stuff. It's pretty impressive, and I'll be interested to see where they go from there. But yeah, architects for those that wish to exist. Yeah, this was in my list for a little while, like not in the top ten, but it was in my long list. Yeah. It's a good album. Very good album. And like I'm I'm not a massive fan of Architects. Like it, it's just not my style. But yep. um yeah, the new album had a lot of people ranting and raving. So I was like, you know, I've got nothing against them, so I'll yeah. give it a go. And I was pleasantly surprised. Not because I expected it it to be shit or them yeah. to be shit. It's just not what I listen to. But, um, yeah, it is a very, very cool album. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, and, and it's probably it's probably getting to the peak of my heaviness when I get into heavy metal now. It's just like, all right, I can, I can handle this. If it gets any heavier, then sometimes I have to be, I get a bit selective, but this is like where I'll kind of like where I will lean into. It's something I've discovered during this, uh, during this, uh, this list this year. Oh, I mean, <clears throat> that's the heaviest album thus far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tetrax is pretty heavy, but it's different. Yeah, it's a different heavy. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so for my number nine album, uh, we're moving away from rock and heavy, and we're moving into rap. Mm-hmm. And my number nine album is We're All Alone in This Together by Dave. Uh, Dave is an artist I have mentioned on here before. He is a British-Nigerian rapper. 
he raps on socio-political themes that include poverty, immigration, and racism in England. Uh, he's always pretty much on the nose lyrically, uh, making sure you, in no understated terms that you understand exactly what he's talking about. Um, at times this album is heartbreaking and equally eye-opening for a white man. Sonically, the album has a few bangers. Um, you know, there's Afro beats, there's these kind of cool, smooth Caribbean movements. Uh, there's a bit of drill and trap in there. A highlight for me is, uh, there's many highlights, but one of them is Laws of Attraction, which is kind of a throwback of sorts sonically to the late 90, early noughties R&B hits. Um, Three Rivers is a thematically heavy song about immigration. Um, I will say that this is an album that really needs to be listened to carefully. Uh, his words are what he wants you to hear and they need to be heard. Um, they do demand your time, however heavy it gets. Um, he does manage to keep it flowing though and hold your attention, um, whether it's through his hooks or through the beats backing his stories. Um, Heart Attack is quite a difficult song to get around. Uh, towards the end of the song, the music drops out and it's only Dave's voice rapping. It's quite impactful. And then this piano returns. You kind of get um, this false sense of security because you then hear this distressing recording of what I assume his his mum recounting her treatment on arrival to England, uh, the song being about um, the being about his mum and what she's had to live with through. Um, like I said, there are bangers on here though. Um, the song System features Wizkid and is one of those kind of Afrobeat songs I was talking about earlier. Um, Stormzy appears on the drill heavy song Clash which is wobbly, both lines are plenty uh, with, you know, a bit of trap thrown in. Um, however, for me, the album really stands up on the more thought-provoking tracks. Uh, this album is hard to take and heavy thematically, like I've said, but um, it's one I'm really glad that I've heard. Um, I would like more people to hear it. It did reach number five on the Arias here. Really? So um, I know that Stormzy track, I believe, was a um, a single. So mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a bit of Triple J play going on there. Probably. Um, so, you know, he's not unknown in Australia. Um, if he comes out, I'm definitely going because I have watched a few of his performances and he's really good live. The only song I've ever seen of his is the one about the soccer player. Yeah, yeah, that was – so he's only like – I'm going to get this wrong, but I believe he's only like 23 and that song he brought out when he was about 17. <laughs> um, yeah, the so I knew that song. Yeah. Um, what is it? Theo Henry? Oh, Thierry Henry, that's it. Yeah, it's French. Um, Henry. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he has a song called Black, which is where I actually discovered him. Uh, which is um, about being black in England and he performed it at the Brits, which I highly recommend you go watch the video of because it's fucking amazing. It's um, him playing piano and another guy playing piano and him just rapping and it's amazing. He's an amazing artist, um, very thought-provoking, very eye-opening. Um, yeah, um, 
there's not much more I can say. It's was well, this kind of like your um uh how do I put it? Like I kind of had this moment when you're kind of dealing with heavier, more political and uh social uh emotion stuff uh when listening to Run the Jewels last year. Was this kind of like that for you this year? Uh that was part of it. I think a lot of the music I listened to did have a big political themes behind it. Mm-hmm. So it was one of them. Um, as I get further down the list, there's a couple more. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it was definitely one of them. Um, yeah. And it, it, it's eye-opening because it's, cause it's in England. Yeah. So you're kind of finding out about a whole different thing, which some people may not even know is happening over there. So yeah, it, it's it is thought provoking, it is eye opening, um, but it's not like they are good songs. Yeah, no matter what. Even if you take out the themes, they they're great songs. He's a great rapper. He's a great songwriter. Um, the production's phenomenal. Um, yeah, it's it's just a very good album. Cool. Awesome. And what was it again? It was... Dave, We're All Alone in This Together. Good. Excellent. Which is a great title, I believe. It is. Um, right. On, from one rapper to another. I just want to say that I love this album just because it's really, really different. So this is Mega Ran and Game Chops with uh, Black Materia, the remake. So this is actually an album 10 years in the ma- making. Um, Black Materia, the remake, is a hip-hop tribute to Final Fantasy VII. I say Game Chops made it into your list last year as well, I believe, didn't he? Uh, not quite. It was an artist that uses that as the same label type. Uh, okay. Um, so the main star here is gamer musician Rahim Megarand Jabo. He uh, is... I kind of bristle at how they describe him, but it's a uh, he's the leading voice in a nerdcore hip hop movement. <laughs> nerdcore. It's it's an incredible album. Um, so they use elements and uh, sounds from Final Fantasy VII. Now I also want to go on the uh, record here. I've actually never played a single Final Fantasy game. Wow. But I've listened to a lot of the music because, and I've watched people play it because I enjoy the music. I enjoy watching people play it, but to me, if the thought of actually playing it looks boring. <laughs> but I can still appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. I can still very, very much, much appreciate, appreciate it. it. Um, so Mega Man, uh, Mega Man was actually Mega, not Mega Man, Mega <laughs> Ran, Mega <laughs> Ran <laughs> was actually released the original Black Materia in 2011. He then left his job as a middle school teacher to pursue music full time. Um, he's done a bunch of other stuff as well. Um, worked with a variety of different artists. Uh, a lot of it in the video game world. Um, he actually released a song. I want to say it was this year. It was called "You Look Sus," and it was one of my kids' favorite songs because it's about playing Among Us. <laughs> And it's actually a pretty good song. Like he, his lyrics are awesome. The way he delivers his lines is brilliant. He basically just raps over a top of, uh, over the top of some amazing 
Final Fantasy music that has have a hip hop twinge to it. Yeah. Um, WWE superstar Austin Creed, who is heavily involved in the gaming world, in uh, he's got a YouTube channel called Up Up Down Down that I watch quite a lot of. Um, he actually does some guest uh, spoken word stuff on this, like yeah. introductions to a bunch of different things. Um, and this is just awesome. Like it's it takes you on the journey of what's happening. Like at certain ones they're talking about, you know, Cloud having to go into this town and he's just picked up a new quest and he sings about that. Or he raps about it and it's just awesome. And it's got underlying really good tracks on it, like sounds like probably three ones that I'd recommend people go out and hear would be uh, On That Day five years ago, Absolute and Mako Reactor. Um, it's just a fun album and I kind of – I like fun. Yeah. And anytime yeah, you that I fun, uh, <laughs> your fun should go get a room and get married. And maybe, you know, <laughs> probably work out better. Anyway, um, but it's just a, it kind of is 22 tracks and they're all original rap songs. Yeah. And it's just, it's just a fucking good album. Lovely. It's, you could, you could put this on and like there's no swearing. Yeah. So you could put this on in the background while the kids are around and listen to some, you know, chilled hip hop. Lovely. And the, the kids wouldn't, you know, be wor- you wouldn't be worried about what the kids are hearing. Not that I really give a shit what my kids listen to. Like I've been listen- I've started to like play a lot more music of mine in the car with the kids and just tell them to deal with it. Yeah. And Scarlett has started to sing along to Sorted Pink's "Fu." <laughs> <laughs> but when it gets to the part where it says uh, "fuck you," she says "heck you." Yeah, I'm like, oh, that's adorable. Yeah, say it properly. Anyway, um, <laughs> but yeah, Mega Random Game Chops, Black Materia, the remake, definitely worth checking out if you just want something fun and different. So, do you know why it took ten years to make? It, it they start. I think they started the process last year, which was the 20th anniversary of Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. And I think they just kind of, it came out right at the start of the year. Yeah. So I dare say it would have been kind of like a little bit of a carryover from that. Okay. So, you know, it's always good to, um, uh, it's always good when you can do it with anniversaries and stuff. Yeah. And release the same things. But yeah, it's, I, sh- I mean, I should probably play it. Everyone talks about Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> but, and I've watched, you know, when I used to live with Ryan, we he would play it. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, yeah, it looks all right. But then I'd just be putting out all the stupid shit in the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're big on the game chops. I do. I really like it. I like people that are – there was uh, another album that I was considering, um, which we might talk about another time, but uh, which another Game Chops album, which was fucking sick. Yeah, so Game Chops is a label kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's predominantly a label with – there are kind of musicians that work under that label as well. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of like a broad – okay, let's consider it like a broad banner. Yeah. And people that work under it, they, they might go by Game Chops or they might just say produced by Game Chops or that sort of Yeah, thing. yeah, cool. All right, so what was it again? What was it called? Mega Ran and Game Chops, uh, Black Materia, the remake. Awesome. Cool. So uh, moving on to my number eight, we have – Anderson East with his album, Maybe We Never Die. Uh, so I'm not sure uh, I'm not sure where I heard of this album, but I'm 
fucking pumped I did. <laughs> uh, so Anderson East is Michael Anderson. And this album mixes Southern soul, R&B, roots and blues music. Uh, the opening track, which is also the title track, kind of eases you into the album. Anderson's vocals are really buttery, really golden. Uh, the melody is easy and instantly memorable. Uh, the sultry, uh, the sultry light song continues this slow burn into the album. Uh, this album is definitely for kind of late nights in a dimly lit whiskey bar. <laughs> um, it's just really kind of easy to listen to. Uh, the album was played a lot whilst I was studying because it's soothing and nostalgic. Um, it kind of. The kind of feeling I get is that it kind of like wraps around your body and gives you like this nice warm hug. That's kind of just how it sounds to me. Um, however, the tempo does ramp up every now and then. Uh, it first does this on track four, I want to say, uh, a song called Drugs. Uh, it's more of a disco tune. Sonically, it could have been off of Daft Punk's Random Access Memories. Um, in a, Anderson lets his falsetto take over and it's just this joyous, kind of instant dance floor filler song. Um, he touches on 80s vibes with Hood of My Car, which has um, <laughs> which has like these massive reverb snares and 808 toms. Um, falling, however, is the highlight for me. Uh, it's a pop soul kind of song, similar to, to what Dua Lipa is doing, what she done in her latest album, which was in my... I believe it was my number 10 album for last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's my favourite type of music to dance to. Uh, you know, it's got these massive kind of house vibes and the chorus on it is just fucking perfect. Uh, instrumentally, they kind of set the stage immaculately for Anderson. They Anderson East vocals are the centre point, so they do take centre stage production-wise, um, but they're incredible. He's not doing like any uh, vocal runs or anything crazy. Um, it's more about the soul mood and the tone and he nails it on every song, whether it's the dance numbers or the kind of heart-wrenching slow burners. Um, yeah, Interstellar Out of Space is another one of those kind of slow burn songs, but it's fantastic. Um, this album is its what I needed and I didn't even know I needed it. <laughs> Usually kind of when I want to listen to this kind of music, I kind of look for something old, like I'll go back in time to find something. Um, so I'm kind of happy to find a contemporary artist doing it, doing it very well. So, you know, I now have someone I can actively support, um, you know, in making this type of music. Um, it's just been a very like like kind of like the album you just described it's it's very fun for me to listen to even if they're more slow kind of burning mm. kind of songs um it just has that nostalgic feel about it his voice is just it's just butter like it just melts um and those the dance numbers they're just they're just groovy like i i no one could not dance to drugs or falling um, That's an interesting statement there. I oh know, no one can not dance. <laughs> the song and the <laughs> and the chemical. Um, so yeah, uh, Edison East. Maybe we never die. It um, was a surprise find for me. And so where did you discover it again? 
I don't know how. I can't remember. I don't know if it was on one of the Discord channels um, or just a random review that snuck up on my timeline. I'm not sure. But um, I'm just – I'm glad that I decided to give it a whirl because it really is fantastic. Yeah, it's a great fucking album. Awesome. Love it. Awesome. It's always nice when you find an album that kind of makes you feel like you're getting a nice warm hug. Yeah, and, and that's that's the whole album. Yeah. That's the whole album. It's just nice and cuddly and <laughs> golden and maple syrupy. It's lovely. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, number seven for me. Number seven is... Uh, Emma Jean Thackeray with her debut album, Yellow. Who is this person? She is an English band leader, multi-instrumentalist, singer, DJ, and producer. She studied jazz trumpet at the Royal Welsh College of Music uh, and Drama under British jazz pianist uh, and composer Keith Tippett. And after her studies at the college, she took up a master in orchestral jazz composition uh, at Trinity Laban Conservatory of Music and Dance under some other people. Um, I kind of put that as a preference to say this woman is fucking talented. <laughs> it sounds it. Um, she, so the album is essentially jazz fusion. Music. Um, if you like jazz, you're gonna fucking love this album. Um, this would have actually probably been higher on my list if I didn't have other albums that I preferred over it. But any other year, this could have probably been a top three. Um, it's just an incredible uh, album with like a variety of different sounds. You've got uh, xylophone, bongos, trumpets. Uh, Hand flute, um, different types of pianos involved, and uh, amazing drumming. Um, but yeah, so it mainly all revolves around um, Emma Emma Jean. Uh, she has a core like uh, a, th- a core three people that or core trio that follow her. So she's got a drummer, uh, an electric and acoustic pianist, and a tuba player. And then everyone else, she either plays the music herself or she gets other people to come in and help. Um, she does all the, all the singing. Um, she occasionally has some backing vocals, but she just has this incredible sound to her. It reminded me of going to jazz bars in New Orleans. Not quite as southern because obviously she's from the UK, but has this, yeah, had that kind of wild, unpredictable nature to the music. Um, like one of the tracks, Sun, is super, super powerful. It actually kind of made you feel like you're in a southern church surrounded by gospel people raising their hands and praising to the Lord. Um, the keys, it was really funny listening to it, like the keys kind of sound like they're being played with like a real spring in their step. There's a little bouncy nature to it. Um, the second track, Say Something, which is probably the lead single, uh, lead single off of it, um starts off quite slowly and then some of the this when the singing starts and then the drums come in and that just adds another steps and then it builds again with some splashing uh like kind of, kind of like splashing drums 
and then the horn section comes in and then you've got this really weird sounding distorted bass and then it just kind of really shows all the layers that she's willing to layer upon to build to a song and that's the second song in. But she does, she understands what each instrument does really well and kind of picks where to place it at certain points to add to the song. Um, but it's phenomenal. Uh, one of the songs actually, there's called May There Be Peace. And it actually kind of reminded me of Tool a little yeah. bit. Um, mainly because it's very um, uh, cinematic, very soundscapey. And there's literally just, it sounds at one point like it's uh, a, somebody's running their finger around a glass oh, yeah. and creating that kind of like that wailing sound. And that's kind of just like the, that's the main driver behind that song. And you could totally picture that in a Tool album. Yeah. So it's like a singing bowl probably. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just it, – like I really would like you to check it out because I reckon you'd kind of dig the drumming in it. Yeah. Because um, jazz drumming is awesome. Yeah, it's way above my head. <laughs> <laughs> it it's a whole different kettle of fish. Yeah, it's uh, I I really am blown away any time that I can watch some of this jazz drumming. Yeah. Um, not to say that you're not great, Simon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't. I don't even pretend. Um, but I I liked this album and the fact that also that it kind of this is the kind of like this music is kind of chaos as most jazz fusion is, but it was kind of comforting. Yeah. This is the music that I kind of find comfort in. Like I'll have this on in the background and I'll really enjoy it uh. and just kind of mellow out to it. So, yeah, uh, Emma Jean Thackeray, I'm probably mispronouncing her last name, but <laughs> to me she is Thackeray. But the important thing is her album's called Yellow. Yellow. So how, how did you discover her? Uh, this one I believe was like I was looking through like a jazz Playlist. I was trying to find some background jazz music. Yeah. And her name just appeared and then I just kind of led down the warm because I was just like, oh, it sounds like there's two people singing at once and it kind of just took me down the wormhole. Yeah. So I just found, I'm like, oh, so this is her new album. All right, let's chuck Perfect it on the list. Friend. Yeah. I'll get back to it later. Awesome. Love finding things like that. Your number seven. All right. Time to ramp it up. Every time I die, radical. <laughs> I knew this would be on your list. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was going to be higher. Um, you know, it would possibly go higher on another day. Mm. Um, it's just every time I do, I, every time I die, doing what they do best. Uh, they are easily one of the most consistent bands in the scene. Uh, Radical is an excellent addition to their already amazing catalogue. This is their ninth album. And it comes Jesus. five years after their last, Low Teens, and it fucking rips. Uh, it's a double record coming in at 16 tracks. Uh, yet they managed to keep you interested for the whole thing, which is no easy task for a band like theirs. Um, but, you know, they're not an ordinary hardcore metalcore band, however you want to, uh, you know, describe them. Uh, because they have a secret weapon and his name is Keith Buckley. <laughs> Keith's lyrics range from on the nose to silly to full of metaphors and analogies. Uh, the album opens with dark distance and uncomfortable f- 
feedback is screaming through the speakers and then Keith starts screaming, spare only the ones I love, slay the rest. This is how the album opens and it fucking does not let up. Uh, That song doesn't let up. Keith's screams sound more emotional than ever. There is no question about what he's telling you. Uh, Like I said, the album barely lets up. Um, Sly is frenetic and has some killer backing harmonies. Um, it's almost like a Disney musical, some of the backing harmonies. Uh, <laughs> and, and I know that sounds weird, but um, it fucking works. Um, you then get the singles Planet Shit and Post Boredom, which were all punchingly good. Um, so the album first lets up eight tracks in with Thing With Feathers. This is kind of more of an alternative hard rock song, Keith showing off his clean vocals. Uh, the song builds really well. It's probably one of my favourite off the album. Um, the album's just a fucking rager through and through, really, is the best way to describe it. Uh, the Closer, We Go Together, is an incredible song. It's kind of this slow mid-tempo tune. It's heavy as sin. Uh, the song eventually, you know, ascends to a huge wall of noise with Keith's voice saying there's like multiple takes of him speaking this line and also screaming, I find it a little strange that I haven't died yet. <laughs> um, I mean, if you know who every time I die is, you, you know what you, you're getting into. And the only thing, I mean, it shouldn't even be surprising. It's their ninth album and it's still fucking good and they're still fucking good. Like it just blows my mind that they can be that consistent and somehow, and like I said, especially in that scene, like if they're an experimental band, it's like fine, the world is your oyster when it comes to regards of sounds and structures and this, that, the other. They still sound like every time I die, they just change little things here and there, add little things here and there and keep it fresh. And like I'm a massive, massive sucker for Keith Buckley and his voice. I absolutely (laughs) adore it. I love it when he sings clean. I love it when he is screaming his fucking lungs up. Um, (laughs) It's sad to see that – they're having a bit of tiff at the moment. Mm. Um, by the time this comes out, it would have been a week ago. Uh, Keith Buckley said he wasn't doing the last couple of shows because he needed to look after himself. For They do an annual festival. I believe it's in their hometown of Buffalo um, where they put on like a mini festival essentially um, for Christmas. So he said, I'm not doing the last few shows to look after my mental health and prep for the the festival. And then the band put out a statement saying that they'll do the rest of the shows without without him and were encouraging they were thinking of encouraging the crowd people in the crowd to come up and sing. Keith Buckley whose brother Jordan Buckley is in the band. Keith Buckley said well, I was meditating in another room and heard his brother saying that they've been looking to replace him for some time. And so he's like, this is why I've always, this is why I've recently decided to take care of my mental health 
instead of the band, putting the band first. And, you know, mm. I don't know what's going on, but uh, hopefully it's all a big fucking misunderstanding because I need to see every time I die again. <laughs> again. I need to see him again. Um, but that shouldn't stop anyone from going out and listening to this fucking album because yeah. it is it's more than radical. I, was, I expect it to be higher on your list. Yeah. I, there's some – some of these ones hit me more emotionally. Some of them are more of a surprise. Um, like I said, if I made the list tomorrow, it could be higher. Yeah. So unfortunately it is what it is. I had to put it in some order <laughs> before we recorded. Otherwise this would be a mess. So yeah. my number seven album is Every Time I Die is Radical. I really need to listen to more Every Time I Die. I don't know why I don't. They're, they're, I reckon you'd fucking love them. They're yeah. fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I feel like every time we talk about them, I'm just like, oh, I'll listen to them and then I never do. Yeah, I mean it could just be my enthusiasm about them <laughs> that's making you go, I should check them out. But um, yeah, I mean <laughs> – I don't, I'm not sure if he's listening or not, but Elian came and saw him with me at Big Day Out. Oh, yeah. And he, he's he's not really one for that kind of music. And even he was like, oh, yeah, I get it now. I, I get the appeal. Like, uh, they're cool. Um, I assume he's never listened to him since then. But <laughs> if if they can sway someone like Elian, I'm pretty sure they can sway you. Good. Excellent. Well, my last one for this podcast, uh, number six. Number six. Rez uh, with her album Spiral. Who is Rez? Who is Rez, Josh? Who is Rez? Rez was born Isabel Rezadez uh, in the Ukraine. She is known by, goes by the same na- stage name as Rez and she is a Canadian DJ. Hey, a DJ. Yes. Our first, um, our first, yeah, first for this list. Yes. So I discovered her through our good mutual friend, Dead Mouse, um, <laughs> and his playlist that he uh, puts out. Um, uh, so she was actually, she actually started DJing at the age of 16. She was born in 95. So what does that make her? 26? Quick maths. Quick maths. Actually, she's the same birthday as my daughter. Sorry, just looking at this thing. But obviously, you know, a lot older. Yeah. Um, uh, so she actually, but then became inspired to do her own DJing, like create her own music when she went and actually saw Dead Mouse and was actually noticed on a blog by Mr. Skrillex and then got in contact with her and then goes from there. Um, she produces mainly a hard style, new beat style EDM. Um which kind of has bizarre uh, kind of like a video game quality to it at certain points. Um, it follows a certain structure, but it's a really heavy, dirty, bassy structure, um, and it works really well. Uh, a lot of her st- songs um, have really nice ebbs and flows. There's like really good points where you're, you're building up this crescendo um, and then they drop into the, you know that low filthy bass, and you're just like, oh yes, <laughs> oh this is filthy. Tickles. It, it does. tickles. It does. Uh, there's uh, certain songs on that kind of have a hip hop sound, like uh, Vortex. Um, that if somebody had actually been, you know, 
dropping some bars over. Um, you guys didn't see my awesome hand gestures as I said that, but uh, dropping some bars over, it would all like totally make sense. Um, Let Me In featuring fucking Sid is really, really beautiful. Um, really well paced out with some kind of haunting singing that floats over the top of it. Um, Taste uh, Taste of You featuring Dove Cameron is an absolute fucking tune. And then if you actually, I recommend if you're going to listen to it, listen to it with headphones because it has a real swirling nature. Like it just goes around and around in your head. Um, and she does that really well, Rez, with a lot of her songs. She has this kind of almost 360 nature to her music, especially obviously when you're wearing headphones. It really feels like you're kind of fully encompassed by her sound. Um, and she just kind of does little things. Like um, during Taste of You, there's only maybe like a four-bar part, but there's some like acoustic strumming from a guitar that just pops in. And you're just like, what the fuck was that? And then it just goes into that filthy beat and you're like, oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> um, but I know that this actually uh, kind of doing, looking yeah, a little bit into this, it didn't get the best feedback from like her diehard fans, but I only discovered her this year. Yeah. So I was just like, well, fuck you guys. I don't give a shit what you think. Don't you love it when you discover an artist on their worst album? Yeah. Quite, <laughs> I do that all the time. Everyone's yeah. like, that album's the worst. I'm like, yeah, but really? <laughs> but, but, but I like it. Yeah. Um, so like I've gone back and I've listened to a bunch of her stuff and it's like to me, I think it's all good. I really enjoy her stuff. Um, kind of does have that dead mouse feel but a little bit, I want to say a little bit bassier. Um, and a little bit harder in its edge. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's definitely – if you like hardstyle EDM, it's definitely worth checking out. Um, I've played a variety of different video games while listening to this and it kind of gives you that drive to keep going, especially when you're playing video games that are particularly, you know, like Borderlands 3 where you're shooting the shit out of people and you kind of you kind of need something that drives you to keep going. You're like, well, this, is, this will certainly help. So, yeah, Res Spiral, fucking brilliant. Nice. Brilliant ED. And it's actually, let me just check my, I'm not spoil anything, but it is actually my only EDM. Uh, so, this year. so it's the only EDM. Oh, <laughs> I expected you to have, you know, something. Well, to be fair, Dead Mouse didn't release an album this year, so you couldn't pick that. No, I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. All right. So moving on to my, my sixth album for uh for my list we have quicksand with distant populations uh quicksand is one of those bands i kept seeing my favorite bands say were their influence apart from that the only other way i knew was that deftones bassist sergio vega is from quicksand um so they broke up in 99, so they were done before really I could discover them. However, they reformed in 2012 and I dug into their record interiors. Uh, once again, it, I thought it was great, um, but it didn't quite grab me. This time around, they grabbed me. Um, it's a cracking album. Uh, Quicksand, Quicksand are regarded as one of the great post-hardcore bands from the 90s, kind of similar to Fugazi but without the mainstream success. Their sound does sit somewhere between Fugazi and Refused, I guess, with a okay. bit of at the drive-in in there. Um, 
they mix in a lot more groove um, into their songs, but they can still amp up the aggressiveness when needed. Songs like the opener, Inversion, uh, this raucous mid-tempo rock anthem. Uh, Lightning Field has these punk vibes. Uh, in in Lightning, uh, Walter Sheffrules, I'm going to say is his last name, but it's definitely not. Mm-hmm. Uh, his vocals sound somewhere kind of between Keith Buckley's clean vocals and Rivers Como. I'm sorry. Hang on. Yeah, I know. It's weird. Can you say that again? Keith Buckley's clean vocals. Yeah. And Rivers Como. It's in there. That's, that, that's a range. Yeah. There's an urgency behind his shouting vocals as well that match the intensity of the band when the band you know, amps that up. Uh, Brushed, the song, is more of a chilled out mid-tempo song you'd expect from someone like Filter. Kind of has those 90s vibes but not in a corny way, like in a very nice nostalgic way. Uh, middle Command drips in this 90s melody nostalgia. The riff motif is looming for the whole song, sucking you into its hypnotic ways. It's kind of like a meditation. Um, quicksand really show – the Quicksand on this album really show me why they're my favourite band's favourite band. <laughs> if I'd known these guys when I was in my old band, we would have not only been covering their songs but possibly trying to emulate them. Um, I've kind of fallen in love with this record. It'd be, you know, I've added it to other playlists. Um, if you're into that sound, that those great post-hardcore bands like Out the Drive-In, Fugazi, um I'd highly recommend you dig into Quicksand because their stuff is amazing and this new offering, uh, Distant Populations, is no exception to that. Um, fantastic, fantastic album, really. Yeah. I thought I recognised the name when you said Quicksand and I'm like, oh, was that on a like a version? And then I'm like, no, it's somebody singing a song about Quicksand. I was like, okay, I'm completely thinking the wrong band. Yeah, so Deftones bassist, I don't want to say new bassist, but the bassist they've had Mm. for years now since Chi went into his coma and has subsequently died. Um, Sergio is the bassist from Quicksand. Um, Obviously Deftones are a band who were heavily influenced by Quicksand. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah, they're very good and they're interesting. They're not... They're not progressive, like there's, you know, they're not, they're just interesting. And, um, you know, the average old rock fan could get into this. Post hardcore kids do get into it. Um, yeah, it's just a good time. Just good, good fun. That's what you want. Fantastic album. That's what you want. You want good music. You want the music to make you happy. It does. You want to enjoy it. It does because. I can tell you, I can give you a warning. <laughs> my, my top five, four of them aren't fucking fun. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Shit, well, good thing I'm going to balance you out. Because um, my 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 top five are different to these. Oh, dear sweet Jesus. Yeah. So that's a good note to finish it up on. So let's go back over our 10 through 6. So I'll start with mine starting at number 10. Uh, so we got... Tetrak, Unstable, Architects, uh, for those who that wish to exist, Mega Rand and Ga- uh, Game Chops, 
uh, Black Materia, the remake, Emma Jean Thackeray Yellow, and Rez with Spiral. And I have, starting at number 10, Sons of Alpha Centauri, Push. Number nine, Dave's We're All Alone in This Together. Number eight, Anderson East, Maybe We Never Die. Number seven, Every Time I Die is Radical. And number six, Quicksand, Distant Populations. There's something about an artist called Dave that just every time you say it just, just gets me every time. <laughs> Don't be fooled by the name. It's oh, I'm not. I'm not. It's like, yeah, yeah, I've been checking out this awesome band. It's just straight up tunes. Yeah, oh, yeah, what was it? Dave. Dave, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's the Australian coming out at us, though. <laughs> Dave. Um, I mean, like, well, he's from England. He should be David. Um, sweet. So awesome. If you've heard of any of those tracks or, sorry, any of those albums, give us your thoughts. Let us know what you think of our uh I don't want to say bottom five because that's our rude. ten to six. Our ten to six, uh, and let us know what you think of them. Uh, if you liked them, if you heard them, if you want more information, by all means, go check them out or hit us up. I'll put the Spotify links or Bandcamp links or whatever links they've mm-hmm. got in the show notes. Excellent, cool. Uh, and you can let us know what you think by contacting us at facebook.com/slash Altar of Noise. You can check out Simon's band at facebook.com slash the unset. And you can check me out on Twitch at twitch.tv slash maddogwilesy. We will be back next week with the final show of 2021 uh, and our top five albums of the year. So you won't want to miss that. And if you do, you're a terrible person. Uh, In the meantime, stay safe, everyone, and we'll see you all in the next episode. Bye.